Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. We have been on a series called Greater Things. Can you say greater things? We're in a new season where we really are believing for, we are asking for, we are praying for, and we are expecting God to do greater things. How many of you could say, yes, I need God to do some greater things. I want God to do greater things in my life. We're believing, you know, we're expecting God to do some signs and wonders and miracles through us. That also means if you're going to have miracles, you need to be in a place desperate enough to need miracles. There you go. So we're okay. Everyone say, I'm okay with hard. It's okay with it. We can do this. It's okay. We know what we really have. We are believing for breakthrough. We want to, we're believing with you that you're going to see breakthrough in areas where maybe you have been struggling for a long time or you know someone who has or prayers that have not yet been answered. We're believing God is going to answer those things. That sounds like a good idea, hey? And um, I want to, as we get started, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to stand again. You're going to get lots of exercise this morning. We're going to read the Word of God together. They're going to put our theme verse up, John 14, 12. And let's read this get together, can we? The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. Isn't that amazing? Those are big words. Now, I would stay standing. I'm going to read. You don't have to read this next part, but I want to read this part. This is continuing on. This is Jesus, those words in John 14 that we just wrote, read. He spoke those to his disciples right after the Last Supper that we just partook of commemorating. And he spoke these words to the disciples as they were going out in the way to the garden and he was getting ready to go to the cross. Now fast forward, Matthew 28. This is after he's died on the cross, after he rose again and right before he's getting ready to leave them. This is what Jesus says. When they, the disciples, saw him, they worshipped him But some of them doubted. Look at that. Resurrected Jesus standing in front of them, and some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always. Say, he is with me always. Even to the end of the age. I love this. Some of them doubted, and he just, it's just like, go anyway. There you go. We're going to get into that. What an incredible promise, all. Jesus said, I've been given all authority, and I'm with you always. I've been given all authority, and I'm with you always. Everyone say, He's with me. He's with me always, and He has all authority. He's with me always. He's with me always. And he has all authority. And he's with me always. Let's pray. Say, God help me. Hear your word. I receive it. Let your word change me. Amen. 
Now you can sit down. So good. Oh, I love that. He has all authority, and he's with us always. So powerful. We're going to get that in a minute. But before we do, i got a question for me. I wonder how many of you have experienced this. Driving down the highway, cruising at your normal speed, all of a sudden you start seeing some little orange cones on the side and coming out in your lane. And then you see this person. Go ahead, media. You can put our little picture up there. You see this person out in the middle of traffic. Nothing protecting them. And they're standing in the middle of the highway doing this. What do you do? Well, if you're smart, <laughs> even though that little police officer with nothing protecting them except their hand, if you're smart, you will stop even though you have way more power in your jacked up truck. You can pull down that little police officer, but you don't. Why? Because you might have more power, but she's got more authority. Everyone say there's a difference between power and authority. You say authority. Man, I love this example because I think it is the one, it's just a great metaphor for the power, for the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We have authority to stop sickness. We have authority in Jesus Christ to stop all the work of the enemy. We have authority in Jesus to do the greater things that Jesus said you'll do. I'm giving you the same work that I did. We sang about Lazarus being raised from the dead. Oh, man. You know what? There's actually stories of people on the planet who have actually prayed and seen people raised from the dead. We're talking dead dead. Not like, oh, they weren't dead, they didn't have the machines, they weren't really dead. We're talking dead, dead. If you've seen The Prince's Bride, dead, dead. He's not mostly dead, he's all dead. All dead. But God's given us that authority to do the greater things. He's also given us authority to do the everyday things, like stop stopping Something like a charging dog. I actually saw that happen when I was five years old. We lived in the States at the time, and my mom was a brand new Christian. And we were out bike riding. I'm the oldest, so my brother and sister, my sister was younger than me. She was on a bike. and Actually, no, she wasn't, because she couldn't ride that fast yet. So my mom had one sibling on the front of her bike and the other sibling on the back of her bike, and I was pedaling my little bike. And there was this house close to where we lived, and we had to go by it to get out on the main road where we would go and we would bike ride. And there was a long lane with a very mean dog. And back in those days, you didn't need to keep your dog tied up because you lived out in the country. 
And so we were riding down this road, and all of a sudden, the dog just starts making a beeline down the lane and just, like, it's just going off. And my mom is just, like, freaking out, and we're all just like, ah! you know, she's got, there's no way she can pedal. There's no way I can pedal to get away. And my mom, in her new faith, she's like, well, I know there's power. She stuck out her hand, and she's like, in the name of Jesus, you go back. And no word of a lie, the dog stopped and ran back to the house. It's so funny. I have forgotten about that story. When I was getting this ready, I'm like, oh my gosh. I remember that. Like, whatever we say, that's authority. That is authority. I want to ask you, where do you feel? Where do you feel powerless? Where do you feel like you have great need of breakthrough in your life? Or maybe you, what do you see in the world that just looks really like wrong and you wish you could do something about it to change it, but it, you just feel powerless. It feels hopeless because it's so overwhelming. Do you feel like your prayers or your attempts to do something good just kind of go, kind of fall flat? See, the answer in every one of those circumstances isn't to try harder. The answer is to put your uniform on, your Jesus uniform. And today what I want to do is I want to help us understand the incredible power and authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And I want to help you understand and I want to stoke your faith so that you can grab onto and believe for those greater things that Jesus said he would do in and through us, not only in your life, but that you would be able to see God do greater things through you so that others could encounter him because that's the whole purpose. Doing the greater things isn't just to fix the problems of our life or to fix the problems of our marriage or to fix the problems in our, in our own bodies, although God is very concerned about that. But God is always wanting to get something to us to get it through us. That's how he works. Everyone say, my life. My life. Okay, well, there's a story we're going to look at to unpack this. So this is about two of Jesus' disciples. And this is actually just a few weeks after he had spoken to them about greater things than these will you do. And right after he had commissioned them to go out and to do what he had done with, with his authority. This is a couple weeks after that. And we're going to be reading Acts Three, starting in verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple for the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate, beautiful, so that he could beg from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, Look at us. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then taking him by the hand, he raised him up. Once his feet and ankles became strong, he jumped up and started to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising, and they recognized he was the one who used to sit and beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment 
at what had happened to him. Now, the next several verses, what happens, this creates a huge commotion. Peter starts preaching to the crowd that is there. He said, it's not our faith. It's not us. We didn't do this. It's in the name of Jesus. And what he says, the guy you crucified, he literally says that. (laughs) You killed the guy, just so you know. It's in his name that this man is healed. And about 5,000 people believed in Christ that day. But Peter and James is excited. We can give up. We can't get excited. 5,000 people. That is amazing. That would be like a kajillion services on a Sunday in this room. It's like, oh, oh, my gosh. But the Jewish leaders got word of it. And it says they were threatened. And so they pulled Peter and John into custody, and they started to interrogate him. Look at what they said. Jumping down to Acts 4, 7. By what power or in what name have you done this? In what name? In other words, who gave you authority to do this? Who gave you authority to heal the man? Like, stupid question. What the heck? There's a guy. Who couldn't walk before? He's now jumping and leaping. And there's a huge commotion. And the religious leaders are, who said you could do this? (laughs) Acts 4.8. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we're being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed... Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing here before you healthy. There is salvation in no other name. There is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Just a side note. This is probably, the group that is interrogating Peter and John is probably the same group of leaders that had crucified Jesus a few weeks earlier, that Peter had denied Jesus in front of, and now he's preaching to them. Verse 11, when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, here's the key, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. It wasn't what they knew. It wasn't how smart their teaching was. It's that they'd been with Jesus. And since they saw the man who'd been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in opposition. After they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, they conferred among themselves, what should we do with these guys? There's an obvious sign has been done through them. But so that this does not spread any further, heaven forbid somebody else should get healed. (laughs) Let's threaten them against speaking to anyone in this name again. So they called for them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, whether it's right in the sight of God for us to listen to you rather than God, you decide. Teens, I suggest you don't use that with your parents. (laughs) Unless it is a God thing, then use it all you want. We're unable to stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. 
And they regathered with the other disciples, and this is what happened. They prayed. They said, Lord, consider their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When they prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak the word of God boldly. I want you to say this. Say, this isn't just Peter and John's story. This is my story. All right, here's a few thoughts about authority and how we can operate in it. Number one, spiritual authority is rooted in identity. Peter and John didn't use their own authority. And that phrase that's repeated several times through Acts 3 and 4, in the name, in his name, in the, pow in the powerful name, in the name of Jesus, that literally means in the power and authority Jesus has given to you. That's what that means. So let's go back to our little police officer, okay? Here's what we got to look at. Where does the police officer's authority come from? They're standing out there in the middle of traffic, hand. Well, if I stood out there, you'd probably run me over. But they have a uniform, and they have a badge that identifies them as someone to listen to. Their badge indicates they have a current relationship with the government. And because of that relationship, their name and the name of the government they represent have been united. When they speak, they speak on behalf of the government that has authorized them. That's how that works. So when you hold your hand up, or they hold their hand up, you stop. Now, see, we have a different identity than just who we are. See, if I, as I've yielded my life to Christ, this is who I am. Colossians 3.3, 3, it says, your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life. Everyone say real life. Real life, even though invisible to spectators, your real life is with Christ in God. He is your life. That's who you really are. You are in Christ. Everyone say, I'm in Christ. No, you might not be yet, but you can be today. See, the badge that we have, that's why baptism is so powerful, and we heard, you heard about it. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. The Bible goes on to describe baptism is actually your badge. It's your badge of authority that you died in the water. We don't hold you under until you literally die, just in case you're scared. But sometimes, I don't know, it's tempting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, oh, I'm so glad you're getting baptized. <laughs> no, just kidding. So not it at all. Baptism is a badge. 
If you've never been baptized, man, sign up and get baptized. There is a power, there's an authority that comes. See, if you say I'm a follower of Christ, but you haven't been baptized, it's like you're the little police officer out there with no uniform on, no badge, no authority. That's just the way it goes. That's not me, that's Bible. And see, when it comes to our identity, it's not just knowing about who we are in Christ. We actually got to get to the place where we believe we are Christ's representatives here on earth. And that only comes when we surrender our autonomy, which means we surrender living life our way, doing our own thing, wanting things our way, and living for self. And instead, we yield our lives to God. We, we put on our Jesus uniform. In other words, we put on his character. We put on his, his identity, who he is. We, we take on his desires. Now, does that happen all at once? No. Hell no. Because there's a lot of hell still stuck in us. There's a lot of hellish stuff in us that takes a while to get worked out. And that's why it's an everyday yielding of our identity, of who we are to say, Jesus, I put on who you are. I put on my new life in Christ. And this is where we need to stop getting our identity from the things of this world, even good things. See, we don't get our identity from achievements and successes. We don't get our identity from failures either. We don't get our identity, I'm going to say this, we don't get our identity from our earthly family. Some of you are like, thank God. <laughs> we don't get our identity from sports or friendships or social and economic status. We identify with him. Number two. So number one, our authority comes, is rooted in our identity. Number two, authority grows through intimacy. Authority grows through intimacy. Going back to 413 in Acts, look at when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men. They were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Wow. They had been with Jesus. What stood out about these guys? Not their eloquence and how many scriptures they could quote, but they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. And this is where our power and our authority comes. It comes from being with Jesus. And this is about pursuing the person of Jesus, not just the power of Jesus. And I think it would do well for us to ask, am I really pursuing Jesus or am I pursuing what I want him to do for me? And see, we talk a lot about here about spiritual practices or spiritual habits. And, and this is why these habits and these practices are so important. They, they help train us in the pursuit of Jesus. That's why we talk about starting our day, scripture before phone. Is that just so we can say we're super spiritual? No, it's so we can pursue the one that we really want to follow during the day. We set our mind on the right path. But we pursue Jesus through prayer. We pursue Jesus together in our worship. We pursue Jesus on our own in worship. We pursue Jesus through serving. When we serve, that's pursuing Jesus. We pursue him by seeking his will and his ways, whether we're seeking God, what's your will as I go to school today, or what's your will as I go to work today? And, you know, in my own life, I remember when I had just, I was kind of in that in-between place of really yielding my life to Christ, and I was living as a nanny, and I had just started to 
really it was in the way I would say I was in the way of following Jesus. I had just said yes, but I had so much garbage and so much stuff I was dealing with in my life. And I was living as a nanny up north. And this is where I really experienced just how significant being with Jesus is. Because I remember one night, the mom who I was living with and her sister, two ordinary women, pretty well uneducated as far as Bible school goes, not really trained, but they carried this very tangible sense of God's presence on their life. They had been with Jesus. And that gave them authority. One night when we prayed to bring freedom to my soul and to pray and to break stuff off of me that I had been carrying for a long time that I just tried to get over and tried to deal with, but I couldn't. It wasn't these super spiritual powerhouses that were, you know, everybody was flocking to listen because they were the latest hot thing on social media or the latest flavor of the month in the church world. They were ordinary moms who had been with Jesus. But the power and the authority that they carried in the name of Jesus, God used them to bring freedom to me. And God wants to do the same through you. Intimacy comes when we stop making it so much about us. Can I do this? Who am I? I don't know if I can. And intimacy is really when you get focused on the other person. The other person is Jesus. Who he is and what he can do. Spiritual authority expands through intimacy. Number three, the last one. Spiritual authority is activated by faith. Everyone say faith. Faith. 3.6, Peter, he said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have. Everyone say, I don't have, but what I do have. I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. I don't have, but what I do have is Jesus. And you know what? You are going to find yourself in that kind of space, just like Peter and John. I don't have. I don't know what to say. I don't have the words. I don't have the answers. I don't have the understanding. I don't even know if this is a Bible verse or not. I don't have. I don't have. But I do have Jesus. And I know that in the name of Jesus and in the power and the authority of who Jesus is, he's given me that authority and he's with me always. Get up and walk. Be healed. Be free. Have hope. This is faith in Jesus, not in ourselves. It's not even faith in the outcomes. We've got to get beyond that and not having, oh, I don't know if I can drum up enough faith to see it. There it is. I see you healed. It's like, that's not what it is. We step out and let God do what he needs to do. It's like what, the, what they said when they prayed, God, we will continue to preach your word. You just do what you do. You heal them. We don't do that. We just speak your word. You heal them. We'll just keep bringing your word. You heal them, Jesus. We can't do that. Faith and not in our outcomes or results. And see, where did their faith come from? Peter and John knew that Jesus wasn't gone. He was physically in a different space. This is what Acts 2.33, this is a few weeks, maybe days before Peter and John were at the temple and this man got healed. This is another sermon Peter had pray, or preached. 
And this is what he said in Acts 2.33. He said, now he, Jesus, is exalted to the, high, to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. In other words, Peter, the disciples, they recognized based on what Jesus had told them and based on what they had understood of scriptures. Jesus wasn't just gone. He was just in a different space. We can't see him. He is with us always like he said he would be. We just can't see him. He is at God's right hand. But Jesus was very much living in them by his spirit. Continuing on, Acts 2.33. He says, the father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us just as you see and hear today. The Holy Spirit, one of the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, had poured out and was now living in the disciples. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Joy talked about this last week. If you weren't here, go online. You can watch last week's message. But they were filled with the Spirit. Jesus was now in them. So he was in two places. At the Father's right hand. This is the Father's right hand. This is the Father's right hand. <laughs> But he was also with the disciples. And Paul would later go on and explain it this way in Ephesians 2, 6, because this is what relates to us. He said, for he raised us, everyone say us. He raised us from the dead along with Christ. What is he talking about? He's talking about baptism. When you were in the tank, when you got baptized, that's like you being dead. And you raised out. He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. This is weird. It is just so mind-blowing. In some mysterious way, we also reside in another realm with Christ at the right hand of the Father, far above all authority here in heaven and on earth. Jesus gives us access to the power and authority he has at the right hand of the Father. And he says, if I'm living in you, this is what you can do. Philippians 2, 9. Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, everyone say at the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is what Jesus has given to us and the commission he gives us. That's what these greater things are about. It's not in our name or because we try hard enough or because we're good enough. It's because of the name of Jesus that we not just believe in mentally, but we are living in and he lives in us in some weird way. We are seated with him right now in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He gives us his power and authority so that in his name all things must bow. What needs to bow? What name is defining your health? condition right now 
What disease has been named over your body? That name must bow to the name of Jesus. All other names are over the name of Jesus. Jesus is the name above all other names. What name of disorder that's been given to your child? That disorder needs to bow to the name of Jesus. What mental condition, what's the name of the mental condition you're struggling with or someone has labeled you with? That name must bow to the name of Jesus. What names do you call yourself? Those names, Jesus' name is above all those names. What names do others use to describe you? Jesus is a name above all other names. I want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you even now. All of those names. I really want, I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe that whatever names have been identifying you today, how many of you want an identity exchange? You want a new identity, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, right now, come on, let's stir our faith, church. I really believe God is going to give you an impartation today. And some of you are going to see, it's like a flip, a switch gets flipped on inside. And you are going to see such miraculous things take place. You're going to see freedom in your mind. You're going to see freedom in your physical body. And in the name of Jesus, come on, church, let's pray this together online. I want to invite you to pray along. Say, in Jesus' name, I put aside... I reject, I put off every other name that has identified me. And I receive the name of Jesus. I identify myself in him. I am a new creation. I am seated with him in heavenly places. And I receive his power and authority now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want you to just continue to say that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, God, we declare that healing in bodies, in Jesus' name. God, I declare healing in minds, in Jesus' name. I declare every negative word, every negative name that has been named, we've named ourselves with, that others have named us with some of you it's been you were the la- you were the mistake that is no longer the name that identifies you some of you it's the name of you're not gonna you're worthless who makes you think you can do this that name is broken off in Jesus name in Jesus name God we receive your power to live different I want to invite us to just hold our hands out like you're receiving in something and say Jesus I receive your power and authority here on earth to release your will on earth as it is in heaven. I receive it in faith now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, thank you. God, thank you. Holy Spirit, would you come? God, not only in this room, but those watching online. Holy Spirit, would you come? God, would you stir in us a new hunger, a new desire for you? God, that we would be known as those and recognized as those who had been with Jesus. God, would you stir a new passion in our hearts to pursue you? Oh, Jesus. God, we receive your power, your authority. 
God, to do the greater things because that's what is the only hope our world has. God, the greater things that come through your wisdom, the greater things that come through your heart, the greater things that come through your supernatural recreative power, the greater things that come through your kingdom here on earth now. God, we thank you for trusting us and giving us your authority. God, we receive it. God, help us to walk it out this week as we pursue you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.